Our second scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of John. It is from uh, the narratives that happen after the resurrection of Jesus. This is not the time of year we normally visit those texts, but as you may have picked up, uh, the theme is breath. And so listen uh, to this holy scripture with uh, with that theme in mind. Hear now the word of the Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hand and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Before God exhaled into the lungs of the human, the human was merely mud. The human lives only when given the breath of life. This is a wildly intimate detail, this mouth-to-nose suscitation from creator to creation. God's exhale is our inhale. And then at another point of Genesis, another new beginning, after the devastation of Christ's crucifixion, after the astonishment of Christ's resurrection, Jesus breathed on the disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Here, the intimacy is almost too much. After all, this time, the lungs sighing out spirit are made of flesh. Fully divine, yes, but also fully human. And we can be glad that Jesus only ate fish a few chapters later in John. God's exhale is our inhale. Now, I've never preached on breath, even though breath is a biblical symbol of life, a biblical symbol of new life. As my spirituality has expanded to include the practice and teaching of yoga, it has become all but impossible to ignore the power and the centrality of respiration. In yoga, there is an unwavering focus on the breath. It is seen as the ligament connecting body and spirit, human and holy. The Sanskrit word for breath is 
prana. And it's understood as a sort of divine energy, a spirit that flows within and around us. Words we find in our sacred scriptures and traditions share the same meaning as prana. The Hebrew word ruach, the Greek pneuma, the Latin spiritus. Now we often spend the first moment of a yoga class quieting our minds and bodies by simply taking long, slow, deep breaths. Indeed, I was spinning an opening meditation encouraging people to focus on the breath not long ago, not long ago when I stumbled upon that simple epiphany, God's exhale is our inhale. And even once we begin moving and stretching and arranging our bodies into the various postures of yoga, the attention remains fixed on the breath. One of the hardest things to master as a new yoga instructor was to begin each and every instruction with a breath cue. We don't just direct the yogis to lift their arms, or bend their knees. We say, inhale, lift your arms. Exhale, bend your knees. Now, perhaps the first time you step into a yoga class, it feels like you're being micromanaged. After all, we are all perfectly capable of breathing on our own. We can even do it without thinking about it. Of course, that is the point. We do it without thinking about it all the time. To bring our consciousness to bear on our breathing, we must breathe with intention. And so, we link breath to movement, lifting toward the skies on inhales, folding toward the earth on exhales. The effect is profound. By the end of 60 minutes of practice, many people experience a deep sense of peace and calm. Scientists will tell you that you have tapped into the parasympathetic nervous system, and you have. But if you are also open to the possibility that we live and move and have our being within a creative God who breathes us into life. You might also trust that you are experiencing union, however fleeting, with the numinous one. But we really don't even have to leave this sanctuary to experience the peculiar joy of breathing in unison with our sisters and brothers and in union with Christ. Just singing our beloved hymns is an exercise in orchestrated, intentional breath. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord, the psalmist says, and we do that quite faithfully. All of our chests rising in synchronicity as we fill our lungs to give voice to each verse.
yoga and singing and other breath prayer practices certainly invite us to a deeper appreciation of the breath. But perhaps nothing makes us appreciate breath more acutely than when we run out of it. I think of the frustration of a woman whose lungs are racked by illness, pausing as she ascends the stairs, deep breaths as elusive as a cure for what ails her. I think of a night not long ago that began in giggles and ended in panic. My sweet daughter was laughing with family and friends when suddenly the laughter wasn't funny anymore. She could not catch her breath. And hysterical giggles turned to hysterical tears in an instant. The episode frightened her badly, and I noted her hesitation the next time something hilarious happened. And here you might want to take a deep breath, friends. <clears throat> For I think, too, of Eric Garner the black man who was killed by a police officer in New York City five years ago. He had been selling cigarettes illegally. When he resisted arrest, the officer held him in a chokehold, face down on the sidewalk. I can't breathe, Eric Garner said. I can't breathe, Eric Garner said again, and then again, and again, and again. He can be heard saying those words 11 times before losing consciousness. His dying words became a rallying cry for black activists, a succinct statement naming the literally and figuratively suffocating consequences of a broken system. I have this tendency to say that hard things take my breath away. But for communities marginalized by racism and socioeconomic injustice, this is no mild metaphor. God's exhale is our inhale, and we receive life and life is sacred. Human lives are sacred. You might say human lives matter. Black lives matter. God's exhale is our inhale. And when a man says he can't breathe, when a brokenhearted and angry community echoes his agony after he has been silent, we must listen. This week, I've been revisiting the wisdom of a young writer and mother named Kate Bowler. I read her memoir about being diagnosed with stage four colon cancer when it first came out. And now, I liked it so much, I'm listening to the audiobook version. She reads it herself. 
I find myself still listening to the story, but also dwelling on the small details of her delivery, the shifts in inflection, and especially the nearly inaudible sighs. It's a hard story to hear and a hard story to tell. How is it bearable for the mother of a toddler to meditate on the waning of her own life? And yet she does, beautifully. A passage she reads, reads with particular tenderness is this one. I can't reconcile the way that the world is jolted by events that are wonderful and terrible, the gorgeous and the tragic, except that I am beginning to believe that these opposites do not cancel each other out. I see a middle-aged woman in the waiting room of the cancer clinic, her arms wrapped around the frail frame of her son. She squeezes him tightly, oblivious to the way he looks at her sheepishly. He laughs after a minute, a hostage to her impervious love. Joy somehow persists, and I soak it in. The horror of cancer has made everything seem like it is painted in bright colors. I think the same thoughts again and again. And here she takes a deep breath. Life is so beautiful. Life is so hard. Life is so beautiful. And life is so hard. And not to ruin the plot of the book, but it feels like fair game because it is also the plot of our sacred scriptures. It all boils down to the profound proclamation that we are not alone. The one who breathes us into life does not abandon us. The spirit Jesus breathes upon the faces of the faithful remains an abiding presence. It is a presence that cannot be contained or contailed, no matter where we might wander, no matter how harrowing our burdens, no matter how heavy our sighs. Indeed, St. Paul writes that this spirit helps us in our weakness, interceding with sighs too deep for words. I don't know about you, but I find comfort in the companionship of a sighing spirit. Life is so beautiful, and life is so hard, and those sweeping statements are true in a million different ways. And so we pray. Let the spirit of the living God come breathe with us, and through us, and for us. Inhale. Exhale. Amen.